Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. This is the 14th day of Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's only 12 days of Christmas, right? So why did I choose to uh, uh, disregard the UCC and the revised common lectionary that says this is supposed to be the baptism of Christ Sunday? You're right to be a little surprised that we're still celebrating Christmas this morning. The church here jumps from Christmas to Jesus' baptism very suddenly because we don't know much about the time between these two events. We will talk about the baptism of Christ next Sunday. But there are a number of reasons that I chose to ignore the traditions and timing of the wider church today. The first is a very personal one. My wife Susan and I were married on January 6th, 1973, 50 years ago. Hard to believe. Our anniversary has always been on this little understood 12th day of Christmas. And because of this, I'm very fond of the Epiphany traditions. And I wanted to share some of those insights that I've had over the years as I've thought about this very special day for us. And besides, I'm not finished celebrating Christmas. And maybe we shouldn't be finished either. Maybe we could think of Christmas all year long. Our world would be better off, wouldn't it? Maybe we'd be a little more at peace, we'd be a little more generous, we'd contemplate peace on earth a little more often. And anyway, we can never sing enough Christmas carols, can we? And yes, I have to confess that every year I have a hard time taking down the Christmas tree and the decorations. I would keep them up, well, I don't know how long I would keep them up, 
because you see I'm married. And it isn't just up to me. If Christmas doesn't surprise you, then maybe you haven't been listening to the stories as if you're hearing them for the first time. Maybe you've let the spirit-deadening idea that you already know what Christmas means take over your heart and mind. And maybe you've been relegated, maybe you've even relegated and demoted Christmas to a secondary place as a holiday for children, really. But let me tell you, these Christmas stories are for adults. They are at the very center of a 500-year journey of spiritual growth and theological wrangling for the church, which led eventually to a very sophisticated and profound doctrine of God, which we call the Trinity. Think about it. A part of God chose to become flesh, but instead of being born into the lap of luxury, Jesus was born in a manger. That's a feeding trough manger. Does that surprise you? Or have we just heard it so often that it doesn't surprise us anymore? And this human Jesus lived in a dynamic relationship with another part of God, which he called Abba, Father, Daddy, Papa. Instead of wondering whether he was worthy enough to approach the transcendent God of the universe, we're all a little fearful of meeting God face to face, aren't we? Instead of being fearful, Jesus spoke to the majestic and powerful God of all human history in intimate ways. Does that surprise you? And then there's another part of God which we call the Holy Spirit, or strangely the Holy Ghost sometimes. I'm still trying to figure out that name. And how does that fit into the theological picture? No, I'm, I'm not going to launch into the intricacies of the Trinitarian theology this morning. But I just ask you to let yourself be surprised by how many of these things that we've just talked about, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, is really intended for children? <laughs> no. It's very sophisticated theology. Very challenging ideas. This baby, this child in a manger, turns the ways of the world upside down. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. 
this humble immigrant child will reign in a new kind of order, a kingdom which is coming but has already begun. Does that surprise you? Hear it as if you've never heard it before. Christmas is definitely not for children. Maybe that's why we've turned it into the secular gift-giving time of self-satisfying materialism. We can understand that. We can put it in a nice box and finish it with a bow. We want earthly things. We have earthly goals. We give things generously to family and friends. We love and our earthly wants and needs are satisfied. But that's not where this poor child stops. This poor child entices us to go far beyond giving to just our friends and family. The God of all things is born without even a fancy, warm baby blanket knitted by Nancy Frymuth. Does that surprise you? If we really let ourselves be surprised by the Christmas story, we begin to ask questions and we begin to think about mysterious things that defy easy formulas and worldly logic. This child is 100% human and 100% divine. Now, I don't know a math class that wouldn't tell you that that's impossible. This child is the perfect example of what it means to be human, but born without any worldly privileges or educational advantages. The Messiah was a marginal Jew, choosing to live in poverty, and yet always talking about the beginning of the kingdom of God. These questions are spiritually enlivening questions. And we should cherish and wrestle with their meaning for our lives all year long. I think that's why the Trinity is such an important theological concept, is it, it defies putting God in a box. Did you ever wonder why these three magi made the trip to Bethlehem? They were probably rich and comfortable in Persia. They certainly had enough money to buy expensive gifts and camels and to support and feed themselves as they traveled a very long way, probably for many months. Did they have wives and children back home who thought they'd lost their minds? They probably had good jobs in the king's court and places of honor there. 
Persia, where they came from, was the center of the whole Fertile Crescent civilization, the highest achievement of that time. Wasn't there enough wisdom to be found and taught and learned there? What in the world were they looking for? And in the foreign land to boot. Matthew's answer is simple and clear. A king to worship. The term magi derives from the Persian king's household and came to include mostly magicians. Magi were not kings. No, we added that tradition later. We even named the three kings and and we gave them um, nationalities. They were not wise men either at least in the way that we usually think of being wise, worldly wise. They were magicians, probably astrologers, who studied the stars and the stars' influence in determining our lives. And the star they followed was probably a faint light, a visiting comet perhaps, which led them in a general direction. But studying the stars at that time was an imprecise science, and they were nine miles off. They stopped for directions in Jerusalem, asking the insecure King Herod for directions. Okay, they were wiser than most men. They stopped for directions, at least. And wily old Herod told them where to go, nine miles south of Jerusalem, to a little village called Bethlehem. But then Herod's paranoia set in, and he heard, we heard last week about his murderous solution to the existence of a competitor king. The Magi weren't wise enough to know how they had just betrayed this child they sought to worship, and it cost the lives of many baby boys. So maybe they weren't so wise. But in their defense, they were seekers, looking, spiritually curious, and committed to finding a king worthy of worship. That's the beginning of wisdom, isn't it? Seeking, being open to new insights, responding to the usual, usually subtle callings of the Holy Spirit of God, really struggling to hear the scriptures as if we've never heard it before. God is calling us, leading us to be sure as the star led the magi. But in all actuality, God is inviting us to a journey as brothers and sisters with Jesus, co-creators, Seeking new ways to worship. Co-creators 
of a new kingdom of God. And this such dangerous worship will surprise us. Worship will lead us to find our own unique way to serve, to give our lives, to give our money, to give our time away. And this is the real surprise at the heart of the Christian message. When we lose our lives, giving ourselves away, giving ourselves totally to God for the sake of others. In the process, we mysteriously find ourselves. We find our true selves. Selves which are capable of walking in friendship with the Son of God, Jesus. Humbly serving as companions and witnessing to the God of love of God for everyone that we touch. And God's extravagant welcome of everyone to the communion table becomes our motto. We are called to surprise the world with God's love. There have been a lot of surprises in the 50 years Susan and I have been together. Thank God the biggest surprise is that I I didn't have a clue how much we could grow to love each other over 50 years. At 21 years of age, I couldn't imagine that love could get more powerful with time and practice. It seemed pretty amazing back then. What a wonderful surprise that love deepens and spills over abundantly and enlivening becomes a benefit to people around us we, don't even, we didn't even know. We don't even know as we both work diligently as members of the body of Christ to be a humble part of making the world a better place which resembles God's intentions. We serve Susan and I, hand-in-hand with each other and hand-in-hand with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. This morning, Mike and Ann, we serve hand-in-hand, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Welcome into this part of the body of Christ. Did you ever wonder why God chose to go on this human journey like the Magi to give up the position of privilege and power? A part of God becomes human. I can't imagine words better than St. Paul's in Philippians 2 where Paul writes, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave being born in human likeness. In a manger, our idea about how God operates changed for all time. 
God doesn't sit remotely on high, exploiting a position of power, intimidating lesser beings, waiting for us poor peons to come and prove that we're worthy of even being in such a grand and high place. Instead, God comes to us. God gives first. God doesn't demand to be satisfied or filled with offerings and worship and praise. God comes to us, becoming partners with humanity to bring a new thing into existence, to surprise the world with love. I want to end by reading the preface to this piece of scripture that I just quoted, where Paul talks about the purpose and, and, and gives encouragement for the church. He says this, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, Make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Merry Christmas. May the world be blessed through the humble work of this church. May we journey together seeking God hand in hand with Jesus, our brother, open to new ways of bringing gifts to those around us, to surprising the world with God's love. Amen. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844-971-1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.